0: Have you ever encountered a hurdle with launching or growing your business? Listen, there are two things that run a business, the back end and your soft skills. Telling
1: you right now, if these aren't in place, you'll lose clients and you'll lose money. You don't want that? Well, you're in the right place.
0: Hey, I'm Dana. Hey, I'm Sarah. We're your hosts of the Entrepreneur Encounter, And we're going to give you a behind-the-scenes glance into our businesses, give you genuine feedback, tips and tricks, plus occasionally bring on guests that care about supporting you to grow your business organically and nurturing authentic relationships. Are you ready? Attention, service-based entrepreneurs. Unleash the power of Pinterest with a professionally optimized business account. In case you're new here, my name is Dana, co-host of Entrepreneur Encounter, and I want to be your Pinterest setup specialist. Together, we will tailor your Pinterest presence to your brand and audience, optimize your profile with captivating visuals and descriptions, develop a strategic pinning plan to reach your target audience, and then integrate Pinterest with your other marketing channels so you can repurpose instead of working harder. Then, if you love your Pinterest account setup, I do have ongoing support packages for continued success. So, if you've been wanting to unlock Pinterest potential for your wedding planning business, contact me at my website, ddvirtualmanagement.com, and we can get started.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Entrepreneur Encounter, where we bring you insights and inspiration. We are your hosts, Sarah and Dana. We are going to take a step back to talk about last month's topic on decision-making, where we left off, we had some questions from our audience and thought we would bring on a guest to help us discuss decision-making for new entrepreneurs.
0: So we want to welcome Tara McDonald. She works to bring DEI solutions from an Indigenous, two-eyed, seeing perspective to organizations throughout Canada. Do you want to, Tara, take a few moments to kind of dive into what that is, go over your like primary goals and like talk about your business a little bit?
2: Yes. Thank you, Dana. I actually do work across Canada with many different clients from different industries, but we all have the same goal, thankfully, which is in my mind to create safe, kind spaces in which people are able to reach their greatest potential. If we stop and think about it, if we feel as though our environment is not receptive to us through acts of racism, unconscious bias, any of those types of things that we deal with in DEI work, what we have is a person who can't actually fulfill the role of their job because they're in protection mode. So I like working with organizations through my business, Gallowick, to help make those spaces better for everyone. In the long run, it is to the benefit of not only the person who has to work there, but the employer because, well, happy employees do better work.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely advocate for that. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) I agree. I agree. And it's interesting because sometimes I help by providing training to leadership. Sometimes I help by training staff or board members. So policy change can happen. I also do talks at conferences. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that this message, I think, can get out.
0: I think when you start building a business, you might get stuck on those types of decisions and not even make the right decision, but be confident in making the right decision. So kind of let's start with understanding that unique challenge, especially for new entrepreneurs. What advice would you kind of give to them when they want to start with a strong foundation of inclusivity?
2: First and foremost, for new entrepreneurs, I think I would say when making these decisions, give yourself some space to treat yourself really well, to understand that as a new entrepreneur, you're probably doing everything by yourself. (laughs) You're probably the marketing person. You're the finance person, you're HR, you're making all of these decisions. And it can be very overwhelming. What I've found to be the best choice I've made is to create a network of people that are similar-minded so if you are you know, hoping to become someone who creates an inclusive environment, either build that network by being in spaces where those conversations are happening, or by cultivating perhaps a list of resources online that you might be able to use, or keep an eye to entrepreneurial associations that are offering training. I would be as kind to myself as possible and create that space for myself as an entrepreneur first, so that I know what I would like to create for employees or partnerships, or if I'm looking for particular suppliers, and I want to make sure my suppliers are diverse. You always have to start with yourself, because that's where those decisions come from. And let's say you are a new entrepreneur, and you're in your second year, and this hasn't even crossed your mind. There is never a point in the journey of being an entrepreneur where you cannot go back and say, Hey, I really should have done this from the beginning. So I'm going to put it in now. Like, there's no rule book, really. We all just kind of do our best to make money so we don't lose our houses. And then we make better choices <laughs> when we have the opportunity. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of people are really hard on themselves. And really, we just try to do our best. And every time we know a little better, we do a little better.
0: I like the idea that... You're essentially validating that, okay, we've made some choices, but then we recognize like our mindset has shifted or our eyes have been opened. So we can go back almost at the beginning and restructure the foundation of our businesses with suppliers this is something I honestly hadn't even thought about, but even just with the people who we purchase from can have a big impact on the communities. And I like that. It is. And
2: small business is the backbone of any community. We can't rely on large corporations to provide a growing economy. I'd imagine this is as true to the United States as it is to Canada, but it's our entrepreneurs that are driving our economies and keeping money within communities. So we all play our own role inside of this. And as we small business owners, in some cases, become leaders in our communities, we set examples, right? We always think of the Mm -hmm. small business that sponsors the softball team. For sure. (laughs) Right? Because that's just part of the fabric of a community. So if a small business then decides to sponsor, I don't know, an immigration fundraiser, that's a statement, right? You're making a statement, I support this. And so we small business owners, even mid-sized to larger, they have impact. And the decisions that we make and the ways we show up in our community affect and influence those around us. So yeah,
1: I definitely see that here where I live with the local businesses, the small businesses that support The community. I honestly never noticed that until I started my own business and I started, like, hey, this is what small businesses do. Because even with my kids' school, like the small businesses support the school. So we have the banners up, you know, in the car line so everybody can support each other. And I think that's really cool when the community comes together. And I even thought, like, when I worked for a nonprofit and when I started my own business, I'm like, I want to start giving back. So I'm going to actually start doing that.
2: Yeah. And Sarah, you're right, because it's so important. And I've come to realize that as entrepreneurs, we're very visible. We The choices that we make, the things that we decide to do are very visible, and more people are paying attention than you realize. Yep. So when you make those choices, it's always a statement. I don't necessarily like that. I don't like that visibility too much. And I don't enjoy that I always have to, you know, be very careful about the things that I do. But when you really accept that that's the way that it is, you're kind of accepting the responsibility of making sure that you're doing good things. So, even though these are the things I'm interested in, it's a part of entrepreneurship I didn't expect. I didn't realize how much. Yeah,
1: but it's cool though to have that like that community feeling, you know what I mean? Because even part of a community Aside from being a business owner, yes, you have an impact, with the visibility, for me, like, all eyes on yeah. you, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, that can be a little bit overwhelming. But again, like, coming back to, like, making that decision, if you want to make an impact on your community, I think that's a really good thing to do.
2: Yeah, it is. And it also comes down to finding, like, that network that I was talking about earlier. When you make strides in those areas, when you put effort into supporting diverse or inclusive acts, then businesses that you may never have in, you know, interacted with, all of a sudden will go, hey, that's a business that thinks the way that we do. So you make partnerships out of that, mm-hmm. that you really didn't anticipate. And one of the very beautiful things about deciding to be inclusive is that you're welcoming differing perspectives into your business. And sometimes the best thing in the world is to have another entrepreneur with a completely different perspective, look at a problem that you have. And then they go, hey, well, have you tried this? And your mind falls out of your head and you're thinking, why didn't I think of that? Because it seems simple. But we never get to those places if we don't create space for it. So I think that being inclusive allows us access, especially if we hire people who would be considered diverse or increase our diversity then we allow ourselves to see things differently, which that's what entrepreneurship is all about. is about finding the solutions no one else is going to find. So it's advantageous.
1: Hey listeners, Sarah here. I'm on a mission to humanize the workplace for your growing business. The way that your business runs internally affects the business as a whole, such as team retention and satisfaction of your customers. There's a really big number that is kind of scary. 30,000 people plus a year of people that leave the workforce because of the way that the business is run internally. So I want to change that. I want to ensure that your business is set up for success. So what does this look like? We'll evaluate your business and team satisfaction as a whole. We'll dive deep into the systems and the programs that you have set up for professional development for your team. And then after that, you can get ongoing support for your business and your team. And this looks like the admin side, project management, soft skills training, workplace coaching to set your team up for success so that there's not a high turnover. And again, the goal here is to elevate the success of your business. The easiest way that you can contact me is to send me a DM on Facebook or send me an email at sarah at com.
0: I'm not sure if my question is going to come out, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But going along with that, so I just would love to learn essentially or dive deeper into the process of when you go in. So you talked about... On the journey, we decide, oh, we need to take a step back and almost reframe. But what does that look like in finding those bespoke solutions of hiring the right person or you want to support a cause or an organization and take on that responsibility? How do you navigate that process of aligning with the best organization? Like, What green flags, I guess, do you look for when this is the right one?
2: That's actually a really good question with a not-so-easy answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's probably why i time like showing up with how to say the question. I'm sorry.
2: No, it is a good one because what you're really asking is, how do I know I want to do this? Or how do I know I'm doing this right? Which is a hard thing. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, the thing that I try to remind clients, whether they're the leaders or the trainees, is i remind them that discomfort isn't necessarily a bad thing and most people don't like that i don't like that <laughs> that's an
0: amazing thought process
2: already but we have come to think of discomfort as something to be completely avoided i used to be a writing coach and i could always tell you know when my team or my group members would hit the wall so to speak The point of the run where they're thinking, okay, I can't do this anymore. That's your point of discomfort. If you've never sat in that feeling and pushed yourself past it, then you've never pushed yourself to run that extra mile. You've never allowed yourself to go there. You know, when we think about we're studying for an exam or preparing for something, and we're really uncomfortable because we're not sure we want to do it. Well, if we don't push ourselves past it, we never get to achieve what it is we're trying to achieve. So what has happened, I think, in our society is that we've come to expect certain things to be really easy.
1: That's not the case.
2: (laughs) We've come to expect things like work. We're supposed to go to work and we show up and people are awed by our presence and our genius and then they give us money and that's just not how it works. <laughs> right? For the most part, if only <laughs> if only. I don't even have that in my own business, but if we think about it, we usually are experiencing discomfort. We're like, "Oh, I don't know how to do this. Someone's going to find out that I don't know how to do this." If we don't push ourselves past that, there's literally two outcomes. We are either going to self-select to leave that position, or our employer is going to say, you know, you're really not meeting our expectations, we're going to put you on a plan, or they're just going to let you go depending on probation and all those good things. Mm-hmm. So when we are entrepreneurs, I would really think that we tend to lean into the places of comfort, the things that we know. So if we're really good at marketing, we do a lot of marketing. Mm -hmm. If we're really good at networking, we do a lot of networking. If we're really good at creating services and products and doing the kind of generation stuff, that's what we do. And we kind of leave other things to the wayside. For me, it's finances. I'm terrible. I'm awful at it. I'm so past discomfort (laughs) when it comes to finances that it's unbelievable. But if I don't get comfortable with it, well, potentially I'm going to sink my own business So I have to do that. So when it comes to things like diversity and understanding when to engage, it's when you start to feel uncomfortable about what you've created. It's about when you start to go, I wish I knew more, or I wish I knew how. Those are the types of questions and feelings that lead you in a good space to start asking questions for yourself. And Understanding this comfort and recognizing it doesn't mean running out and hiring someone like myself. That would be lovely, but it doesn't have to mean that. It could mean watching a documentary. It could mean reading a book on diversity and inclusion. It could mean having a conversation with someone. I think we're very accustomed to grand, large, impactful actions and choices that we forget that sometimes the smallest things. Are going to make the biggest difference. We have a segment of society which I belong to as an Indigenous person. Diversity is a lived experience, right? We walk inside of those spaces because that's who we are. And it looks different for every group inside of that diverse space. But when you're not part of that diversity and you're uncomfortable asking the questions, You know, don't forget that there's space to gain understanding before you have to wait in. Like, you can study a little. You can study for that exam. Mm -hmm. You can read a book. You can watch a TED talk. There are small things that you can do that can make you feel just comfortable enough that you are able to start making some bigger steps, which could be hiring a consultant to assist you in, let's say, reviewing your hiring practices or could assist you in creating, well, in Canada at least, creating work towards uh, reconciliation, which is a process in Canada that deals with residential schools for Indigenous people. And it's much bigger than what I'm just saying, but that would be an example of what we would do here.
0: That's a well in depth process. I think my last question, because we've talked about networks a few times. So I know some in my local area, but Sarah and I actually met networking online and got connected that way. Essentially, that was how this whole Entrepreneur Encounter podcast got started, like just finding a network online. So where do you have communities that you would recommend our listeners to check out if this is something that they're interested in?
2: Well, my area that I work in most commonly is Indigenous Canadians and helping businesses to do work inside of what I mentioned earlier, which was reconciliation. And I'm not certain that most of the examples I would give would be applicable to a wider audience. Okay. However, I would say that there's a lot of literature on things like bias. I'm thinking about my bookshelf right now, but things like bias. There's a really great book called Inclusive Leadership, And forgive me, I can't remember the author's name. But again, that's not always everybody's comfort level. Reading isn't for everyone. You know, I don't expect everyone to go and buy a book and read it and study it. That's just what my preference is. So for looking at diverse people, I would also suggest an easy way to start might be to look at the type of diversity you have in the community in which you work. So for me in Newfoundland, we do have Indigenous populations. So it makes sense that I would deal with Indigenous people. So if I wanted to learn more, I would look for resources pertaining to that group. There are also associations that we have, as mentioned, you know, immigrants. I'll mention an organization we have here called the Association for New Canadians. They have talks and they have events. They have resources on their web pages. So places like that can be a really great resource. I think it would be smart to see, you know, who is in your community and what organizations are associated with them. And again, I'm thinking about my own example. We have many Indigenous organizations across the province. So I'm very aware of who, you know, who they are, what their webpages are, what kind of resources they have. So I can share that with my clients. So going into another community, I would look at the demographics, I would figure it out. And if you have an online business, then really your starting point is a little more broad. You could take a look at, depending on what kind of information you gather, if you have an online store, you could try and gather like, well, where's my customer base? And say it's in a particular state. I would look at that state and the demographics of that state who comprises that space, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to directly interact with your clients. And if we want to go even broader than that, then you can just start diving into the topic of diversity and inclusion, which typically you're going to find spaces in the 2SLGBTQIA plus environment. You're going to find information about those with visible and invisible disability you're going to find information about Indigenous people. Um, you're going to find different races and cultures. You might even fall into some talk about ageism, perceptions of very young workers versus perceptions of our older workers and how that can or affect an environment. So it's really specific to where you are. Mm-hmm. The main thing is to understand the people that you're interacting with. And to understand the potential employees you have in that area, because you could be using language in your job ad that is off-putting to a certain segment mm-hmm. and doesn't feel good. I'll give you a really good example of something that can be done that speaks volumes to a certain demographic. Signature blocks in the email. Do you use your pronouns? Some people might say, well, why would I use my pronouns? I go by she, her. I'm heteronormative. I look heteronormative. She, her is what I go by. However, to an individual who falls into the 2SLGBTQIA plus environment, when you put your pronouns after your name, you're saying, hey, I recognize yours might be different. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was this campaign before where you put a safety pin on your collar to say that you are a safe person. It was a long time ago. I don't know if anybody remembers it. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah.
0: I do not. I'm looking at my email signature now. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the same thing, right? It's kind of like
2: saying, hey, I'm a safe person. So there's these small ways that you can create an inclusive or a more inclusive space Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be a training session, doesn't have to be leadership coaching, doesn't have to be apparently any of the things I do in my business, but (laughs) it can be small and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Every time I speak to a group, I'm like, this is not going to happen overnight.
1: I think it's really cool to actually like have conversations with people that are completely different from you, like getting those perspectives. Like me personally, I'm a very open person and I love to have a conversation and get to know you and learn like why you don't believe what I believe in versus what you believe in. To me, it's, there's certain things that I don't know. So that's why like, I would ask you certain questions like, okay, can you explain to me this? Because I want to learn and I want to know, you know, you better as a person. So I think that in the long run, if you are hiring somebody, when you are like interviewing somebody, just have a normal conversation to kind of get to know the person and not have to ask like the generic questions.
0: So even the email signature, I'll just end with that. So I didn't have that in my email signature. I am supportive of those that do, even though I personally, I'm just she, her, and I don't put much thought into it, but that doesn't mean I'm not supportive of those that do. So that's why I was immediately was looking at my email signature and it's like, oh, that was a perspective I had not gone down yet or been realized to. So for our listeners, how can they find and connect with you? So I do
2: use LinkedIn, which is probably the quickest way to connect. You can find me under my name. There's nothing really hidden there. It's just a very quick and easy way to connect. I do have a website and there is a fillable form on the website as well. I always feel so bad and so proud at the same time. I chose a business name that is a Mi'kmaq word. Mi'kmaq being, you know, my culture. And the word is actually diamond. But in Mi'kmaq, it's K-A-L-A-W-I-K-K. And it is pronounced Gallowick.
0: Ooh, okay.
2: Yeah. So I made it really complicated for people to find me. So it's (laughs) Gallowick.com. And literally my personal business email is my first name at gallowick.com. So I'm super easy to find.
0: Perfect. I love it. As always, the information will be in our show notes. I'll definitely, we'll make sure to include some of the links and the book that you mentioned inclusive leadership. I think I found it. I may send it to you just to make sure before this goes live. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sending the wrong book, but I hope everyone enjoyed our chat and conversations today. As always hop into our Facebook and our LinkedIn group with any questions and until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Remember, soft skills aren't just some fluffy buzzwords that get thrown around in the corporate world. They're the key to unlocking your full potential as a professional and a human being. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself and seek out opportunities to improve your soft skills. Sarah and I have a variety of workshops, online courses, and complimentary clarity calls for you to practice in real time with us. Links are always in the show notes. And be sure to join us next time for more insights, tips, and tricks to help you succeed in your entrepreneur encounter.